Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends. And she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one. And the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kid's imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th and we are totally going, so check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. On today's episode, I'm going to take some time to answer some questions that have been submitted by listeners. Our first question comes from Liam in Seattle, Washington. His question was simply, where do you get your stories from? There are a lot of different ways I get my stories, but mostly I get them when I ask myself questions about the characters. Questions like, what kind of a creature would be living in this cave here in the valley? Or, what would a cave troll do if he woke up to find his head had been painted pink? I also get lots of ideas from the questions and drawings that listeners like you send in. Liam shared a drawing with us of a mermaid version of Ben-Ben fighting one of those evil lobster rude boys. It's a really great drawing, uh, and you should head over to the website and check that out. Thanks a lot, Liam. Remy from Victoria, British Columbia, has two questions. The first is, why did the gloops dissolve in the water after being driven back by the fire? If you will recall, the gloops were evil, jello-like creatures featured in Ben-Ben's origin story as well as the Kingdom Defenders stories. I think they dissolved in water because I asked myself, what would actual jello do if I blasted it with water? And I figured it would just kind of melt like that. Remy also wants to know, how did Dropkick Kitty Cat learn ninja stuff? And that is a great question that I have been asking myself a lot lately. And the real answer is I don't know exactly. But I'm thinking that perhaps he was, at one point, living at a dojo somewhere. And he learned his skills from the ninjas there. Thanks so much for those questions, Remy. Mariah and Ayan are listeners, and they both have some questions. Their first question is, does Master Momo have a secret identity? When I imagine Master Momo, I think he's not the type of guy to have many secrets. He's very upfront and honest with himself and his ninjas in training. And if he's going to be out battling evil, then he's going to do it as himself, Master Momo. They also want to know, do the stray cats get their revenge? Now, I think this is in reference to the mean gang of alley cats that Dropkick and Captain Pooper ended up running off 
with the help of Crash the Dog and the Ballyhoo Mouse Tribe. And I can tell you that Dropkick and Poops have not seen the last of those cats. Thanks for those questions, Mariah and Ayan. Margot and Vera let me know that they enjoy the podcast, and they have a question. They want to know, where did the gloops come from? Now, while I don't know all the details, I do imagine that the gloops were probably created in a laboratory somewhere by some evil scientists or wizards. I imagine that they were trying to create some kind of awful minion to do their bidding, but there was an accident, and instead they created these gloops who were able to think for themselves and they can split into two and grow in size and they just want to take over everything. Be sure to check out Margot and Vera's drawings on the website. They've shared a drawing of a gloop and a drawing of a battle scene from the Never Trust a Pirate series. Thanks so much for that question, Margot and Vera, and thanks for listening. Anuska from Oakville, Ontario, Canada wants to know, where will Eleanor and Joseph live as their castle got attacked by gloop soldiers? Great question, Anuska. As we know, the entire island was ransacked and assaulted by the gloops. Most of the towns had damaged homes. So I think that Eleanor and Joseph, with the help of their parents and the entire castle guard, are going to help rebuild the homes in the other towns first. They're going to live in tents like they're camping during the rebuilding process. Then, once all the other towns are taken care of, they're going to rebuild their own castle, which was completely destroyed. And in the meantime, they'll just camp out until the castle is finished. Thanks for that question, Anuska. Annabelle from Australia sent me a handwritten note, and she wants to know, how did the Grey Dragon become the Valley's friend? I imagine that the Grey Dragon is very old, like hundreds of years old, and he has always, in a way, been a protector of the Valley. In his old age, he has become a bit of a grump, and he doesn't fight as much as he used to, but he has always been a true hero and will fight for the Valley whenever he's needed. Thanks, Annabelle. Charles wants to know, where did Stella go when she got teleported to a place? And I know this is a question that many of you had after the end of the Low Main Mansion series. Soon there will be a sequel to those stories in which we discover where Stella was transported to and if she will ever be reunited with her brother Ben-Ben. Charles also wants to know, how did Chewie get his name? First, to remind our listeners, Chewie is a dog. His owners are Calvin and Mallory, and he joined a large group of heroes during the Southern Swamp's rescue series and was ultimately ridden into battle by Steve the Goblin King. And Chewie is an actual dog in real life. His owners, Calvin and Mallory, probably named him that because he's so fond of chewing on things. Thanks for those questions, Charles. Evianon from Oakland, California, sent along a handwritten note asking, What do you think if there were no stories? Well, I would be absolutely heartbroken if there were no stories. But then I think I would just write a bunch of new ones. Thanks for listening, Evianon. Maggie from Ojai, California was wondering, Was it a good or bad wizard that made the fart stone? Great question, Maggie. I like to think that the townspeople paid a good wizard to create something that would get rid of their stinky farts. 
Because for some reason, the people in that town had the worst farts ever and they just couldn't stand it. So the good wizard made them the fart stone that magically eliminated the smell and made the town livable. Maggie also wants to know who made the oracle stone and who put the lady in the oracle stone. This question, I think, has a very big answer. So big, in fact, that it might require a few episodes. The basic idea, though, is that the lady was an evil witch, and some powerful wizards trapped her inside the oracle stone to protect the land from her evilness. Thanks for those questions, Maggie. Callan, from St. Mary's, Ontario, Canada, wants to know, what is your favorite story that you made? I think my favorites are the funny ones. I like Master Momo's origin story. I also enjoy any episode with Steve the Goblin King, because he's so little and kind, but so powerful, too. But I think my all-time favorite episode is the chicken races, because it really cracks me up. Callan also asked, Where do you live, Phil Bechtel? Well, I live in the United States, in a state called Illinois, in a town called Champaign. Champaign is a fun place, with many parks and some amazing libraries. The last question we have comes from Simon, who lives in Oak Park. He wants to know, where do tree beasts get born? I love this question, and at first I had no idea. I had never asked myself that. But after a little thinking, I imagine that tree beast babies are planted by their tree beast mommies, and they care for the seed just like a bird would care for its egg. Simon also wants to know, where does Bulis come from? Another excellent question, Simon. I do know that Bulis's parents are magical, and they live in the rock fields. They were featured briefly in an older episode, when Ben-Ben and Bulis had to go to the dark forest. I can also tell you that soon, I will release origin stories for all of our favorite Valley Town characters, so everyone can learn their histories. Thanks, Simon, for those questions, and I want to thank everyone else who has emailed a question. If you have any questions, feel free to have your grown-up email them to me at kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com, and I'll put them in our next Listener Questions episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adios!